0: This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're going to talk about legacy. So the question, what is legacy? I believe this is in your notes. Legacy is what you leave with the people you're closest to after you're gone. It's what lives on after you die. How will you be remembered? It's the impact that is made in this life while you're here. So I was thinking about legacy, and you know, we, we think about the world today and we think about people who left a legacy. And you know, so I heard somebody the other day talking about how they went down and visited Helen Keller's home and the difference she made. Helen Keller left a legacy. We think about Abraham Lincoln. think about Martin Luther King, Jr., Nelson Mandela, Rosa Parks, Mother Teresa, David Livingston. These folks all left, all left legacies, right? The reality of things is this everybody leaves a legacy. Every person leaves a legacy. And the question is what kind of legacy are we going to leave? And you know, we all come from different backgrounds and different walks of life, different cultures. It's all different. And we all come with different legacies that have been passed on to us. Some legacies are good. But we've all got some legacies that have been passed down to our families that aren't so good, right? right. Things that kind of need to be broken, that need to stop right here with us, that we don't want to pass on to our children. Everybody agree with that? Yeah. What is the legacy that was passed down to you? It may be that maybe it was a legacy of always being broke. My family was always broke. My grandparents were always broke. We'll always be broke. Maybe it's a legacy of divorce. My grandparents divorced. My parents divorced. I've divorced. My kids are gonna divorce. No. Maybe it's a maybe it's a victim mentality. Nobody ever, nobody ever does anything good for me. I'm always rejected. Maybe it's a maybe it's a self serving attitude. It's all about what I can get. It's all about myself. Or maybe you come from a family that passed down a legacy of depending and trusting in God. Maybe you come from a family that put God first. Maybe you come from a family that uh, passed down a legacy of serving others. Maybe the legacy of your family is that you stick together no matter what. And that's important. I was reading online, and I, I read this, and I thought it was pretty awesome. It said, some people think reputation and legacy is the same thing. Not so. Your reputation is who you're supposed to be. Uh, I'm sorry, your reputation is who you're supposed to be. Your legacy is who you are. Your reputation is what you have when you come to a new community. Your legacy is what you leave behind when you go. A reputation is made in a moment, a legacy is built in a lifetime. A single newspaper report or careless gossip can give you your reputation, but a life of toil gives you your legacy. Reputation is what men say about you and your tombstone, but legacy is what your children will live with for the rest of their lives. What is your legacy? And as we, you know, we were talking last week about how so often we turn so many places to try and find answers to life's questions, but where's the one place sometimes that we look last? It's God's Word. We want to know what kind of legacy to leave? Well, we need to go to God's Word, and really, who is our example in life? Jesus, right? So we want to take a second, and we want to look at the legacy that, uh, that Jesus left.
1: I've got a few points right here. As we look at Jesus, I mean, the number one thing that I see, and this is in your notes, is that there's no doubt that he loved God completely, right? He loved God completely. He always put the Father first. He always put the Father first. You know, we see in Scripture over and over again that he would always get away to spend time with who? The Father. Father. Everything he did, he did to further who? Who? God's kingdom. You know, we see that Jesus never compromised. He always put God first. He always made him a priority. And right here in Mark twelve, thirty it says, And you must love actually you guys say this with me. Do we have this verse? Oh um, Okay, sorry. Well, as I start saying it, you're gonna know it. Mark 12, 30, it says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And so something I love about Jesus when we look in the scripture is that we see he was not interested in power. He wasn't interested in wealth. He wasn't interested in popularity. He wasn't interested about being the man. You know, attention did not have to be brought to him. But what we see is that who was he interested in? God. He was interested in the Father's business. And we see in Scripture time and time again that every time that the enemy would come and try to tempt him, would he give in? No. no. And he was tempted. That's right, Christopher. He was tempted just like we are. Things were thrown at him just like we are. He was fasting and he was hungry, just like we are. But he did not give in to that flesh. He did not let that Those things in the natural control him. He always put the Father first. He always put him first. He was so passionate about fulfilling what God had. And I think part of the reason why he was able to do that successfully was why? Because he depended on God through his what? Prayer. He talked to him every single day throughout the day as things came. We see it in Scripture. You know, he's always speaking to God. And so we've got to make sure within our own life that we are doing that as well, that we are always speaking to the Father, that we are always putting him first, that we are praying, that we are reading the Word, that we are submitting to God's will even to he did it to his death. And should it not even be to ours sometimes?
0: So we even see how is he able to stand against those temptations. He was able to stand against them because he had God's Word inside his heart, right? And that, what did he do? How did he resist the devil? The word spoke God's word. It is written, right? He knew God's word. It was written on his heart.
1: And we saw a perfect example of that this morning, as Caleb um, shared a while ago about how, when he got back from camp yesterday, he was hit with some really hard, a hard trial. But then, what did we see? He did this morning. Where did he go? To the word. And so we've got to make sure that when struggles, when trials come, when things are good that we are going to the Word and that we are going to the Father. And so Jesus' legacy, the first thing that we see is that he loved God completely. He loved God completely. And the next thing I think that we see is that he loved others completely. Now, has anybody mastered that in here? Great, because I haven't either. (laughs) We have the rest of our life to try to walk that out and to fulfill that. Um, But, you know, we see, we see as Jesus was here on earth that, you know, he served others to the point that he gave his life for all of us, for every single one of us within this place. You know, we see him in Scripture time and time again being filled with compassion. You know, we see him, you know, I remember the story of when um, the lady committed adultery and their stoning and he didn't come and bring condemnation. He came and he brought what? Love. He brought compassion. He helped, helped her through that uh, situation. We see that, you know, he helped people that need healing. You know, it was the Sabbath day and you're not supposed to pray. And what did he do? He met that need. He showed love to that person that was ill and was sick and that was wounded. You know, I love in Scripture how we see that he loved children. I mean, okay, if you can't tell, we love children here at Harvest. You know, they are the church of today. They are not the church of tomorrow. They are right now. They are making a difference right now. You know, and we see that. Jesus did that. He loved the children. You know, and I believe that we can learn so much from the children if we can have faith like the children, that we can just believe his word and just take it as it is, and yeah. not our minds just go, Well, what about this? And what about this? And well, I read this on the internet, and well, this is what my friend no. What does his word say? Right. You know, we've got to do what his word says, and you know, we see Jesus that he loved others completely with his whole entire life. And in Mark 12:31, this is the continuation of the last verse right here. It says, The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. And, um, you know, this got me thinking about, how many of you guys have heard the parable about the Good Samaritan? You know, and so you see the guy coming down, and the religious people's kind of, you know, passed on by. You know, they stopped and met a need. They helped the one that had been beat up. And hurt. And not only did they helped that immediate moment, they set them up at an end and got them taken care of and gave provision even beyond that. And um, that's just another example of loving others and something that we see that Jesus did. You know, and I got to thinking a little bit. Because I know for some of us that kind of grew up in the church, it's easy to just love those that look like us because that's what's comfortable for us. But, you know, we see Jesus loved everybody. He loved the sinner. He loved the tax collectors. He loved the prostitutes. You know, he loved everybody. We see that he hung out with everybody. We see that he hung out with the religious leaders, even some, you know, so he hit them all. And if we see that Jesus did it, we need to make sure that we do the same, that we love all unconditionally, and that we hunger and thirst for him. And as we do that, that that is shown in our everyday life, that we love others completely that are around us. Um, Um, (laughs) So right here, I said that part. And then I'll say, you know, he even loved those, Get this really got me, he even loved those that nailed him to the cross. Those that took his life that are responsible for his death, and he loved them. Even the two guys on the side that had done wrong, he was witnessing to them and sharing his faith while on the cross, in pain, bleeding. He loved everybody. He loved completely. He is love. And one little other thing I wanted to share about him that is amazing to me is that Jesus Jesus was humble. Philippians 2, 3, it says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. And I just, Jesus was the perfect example of that. It was always about somebody else, and it was never about himself, never, ever about himself. It was always about fulfilling the purpose that God had for him on the earth, knowing that it was going to be death. And he walked it out, and he did it.
0: So was Jesus' legacy? I think it's summed up, and I believe it's in your notes, Philippians 2, 4 through 11. I'm going to read it to you from the English Standard Version. I thought this was really good. Um, it says that each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ to be grasped. Yours in Christ Jesus, I'm sorry. Who th- through, let me pick this up. <laughs> who, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equally with God a love for others to the point of laying down his life, giving forgiveness, giving mercy, giving grace. This is what it's all about. And everything that Jesus did, his legacy was that everything that he did pointed to the Father. Yeah. Everything. Every word that he said, every decision that he made, every person he came in contact with, everything that he did pointed back to the Father. That's what we're saying. He, didn't, he wasn't on the earth to receive glory he wasn't trying to showboat. I mean, my goodness, he was the Messiah. He could have, right? <laughs> he could have. It's Not what he was here for. He was here to point to the Father. So what well, we want to leave you with, a few things here real quick, ways we can leave a legacy. And these are in your notes as well. I've got five quick things. Number one, fear the Lord and obey Him. Fear the Lord and obey Him. Guys, this is so important. You know, what this boils down to is, is putting him first. Mm-hmm. And what's he supposed to be first of?
1: Everything.
0: Everything, right? He should be the first of our day. He should be the first one we talk to when we get up. First of our week. Here we are. Yes? Church. We just gave, of our, gave our tithes and offerings. First of your income. He should be the first of everything in our lives. And we can't let the cost We can't let inconvenience be an excuse. He's got to be first. That's the first way leave a legacy.
1: Second thing that we have here is um, to make family a priority. And when we're talking about family, I'm talking about our immediate family because, I mean, you know, some of us have some really big families. But we've got to, you know, make our immediate family a priority. And I'd even challenge some of you that that means before work. That means before friends. That means before your hobbies. That means maybe before a TV show, maybe before video games, ladies, maybe before shopping. You know, we've got to make sure that um, our family's a priority. And, you know, some ways that we can do that is for those of you that are married, you know, it's important that you pray together as a couple that the two of you can fulfill the purpose that God has for your lives. You know, it's important that you're intentional about praying with one another. Um, The next thing right here, and um, this is a favorite of mine, is, you know, help your mate to be the best person they can be. Help them with their giftings and their talents and their strengths and worry more about helping them than what they're not doing for you or how you can help yourself is to serve them. Um, so we talk about praying for others, help your mate be a better steward of theirs, um, place your spouse's needs maybe above your needs, ouch, <laughs> but I think it's definitely a way that we can be a legacy. Um, ask God, and how many of you got children? Ask God to help you give your children a sense of purpose, direction, and mission. God's entrusted you with children, and it's not to drive you crazy, he has a purpose, For them. He has a purpose for them. And you, as a parent, have a responsibility to help nurture that and to help develop that within their life so they can be who God has created them to be.
0: That's right. Um, Number
1: three. One, two, two, three.
0: Does it look that way on the notes?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is in my notes that way. So that's probably, yeah.
0: My bad.
1: So number, number two, two, two point two. <laughs> um, all right. We need to recognize the world's needs and respond with compassion and action. You know, something we see that I shared a while ago is that Jesus always came in and met a need of those around him. And we need to do the same with others by showing them love, by showing them acceptance, by providing whatever it is in that moment, that physical, tangible need. And then we can share the gospel with them. Then we can minister to them because we've met that need. Um, Something here also is, you know, support the the people and causes that are important to you. You know, like if I came in here and asked all of you, what's important to you? You know, one would be like, well, to feed the homeless. Somebody else, it might be um, for single parents. For somebody else, you know, it may be um, to help parents, parenting children to somebody else. It might be marriages. You know, God places something different on all of us and on the inside of us because we can't be all things to all people, but what he's placed on the inside of you, meet that need. Use that gift that God's placed on the inside of you to help those that are around you.
0: And then number three, I guess, number three. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, share your blessings with others. And guys, this is important. This is, this is part of that same thing. It's part of meeting that need. You know, I, I don't know if any of you have ever been to that place where you felt like God told you to, to you know, give financially to somebody or provide food to a family or, or, uh, or whatever it may be. But, you know, part of our reason of being here is we're, we're here for one another and we're to help draw the potential out of one another. And, you know, we, we've, we've got to begin to reach out. and We've got to begin to invest in others. Too often we get caught up in our own world. And, you know, we we forget about everything else that is going on around us, and, and all we see through is our own perspective, our own life, our own schedule, our own responsibilities, and we forget about every other person around us. And it's very important that we stop and we share what God has placed within us with others. The fourth thing there was pursue your God-given passions. And these, these all kind of go together. And this to me is this is a big one. And you know, it's kind of what, what Sean was talking about a minute ago about recognizing the needs and meeting them. But to me, this is this is you know, the part where we get up and do something. You know, like like somebody was saying, he was Nadia saying, that you may not know what it is that God has for you. And you know what? That's all right, but get up and do something. Mm-hmm. Don't leave a legacy of sitting still. Don't leave a legacy that waits on God until the day you die and doesn't ever do anything. Get up and do something. Find out what it is you have that passion for uh, so that so that you be- can, begin to, uh, can begin to recognize it. Uh, find out what you love. Find out what God created you to do. And let me tell you, when you do that, it's actually infectious. Have you ever been around somebody who is totally pumped and passionate about what they do? I mean, they're so excited that it almost makes you sick sometimes. You're just like... <laughs> But there's a longing in us to be passionate about something. We all have that desire inside. We want, we want a cause. We want something to fight for. We want, we want something to invest in. And I encourage you to, to jump in and figure out what that is. What is your God-given passion? Your God-given passion is not a nine-to-five job. Coming home and then repeat, right? That's not it. You've got to do those things. But I, I just, that, that's, that can't be it. It can't be Who wants wants that to be the endless cycle? There's more. Pursue the God-given passions within you, and that starts by doing something. Getting up, maybe turning the TV off, and doing something productive. Something that can maybe make a difference. And you may find it's not something that you like. You may come and you may serve in the children's department, and after two weeks, you'd be like, you know what, I don't know if that's for me. That's okay, do something else. Do something else. Find out what it is you have a passion for. Because God has placed some passions and some dreams and some things within you. There is some things, like was said earlier, that he wants you to accomplish. And he wants you to do. So do something. Do something. That's a legacy.
1: Which takes us to the last one right here, which is reflect and decide what is most important in your life. You know, negative legacies are a reflection of our priorities out of order. And the only way we're going to leave the legacy that we want is to be intentional about it. And so the question is, is what do I want to be intentional about? What do I want to be, what do I want my legacy to be? What do I want to be known for? And, um, you know, we will never leave a positive legacy until we make sure that we get our priorities straight and we know what those things are that we are striving for and that we are passionate about.
0: So in thinking about that, how many, how many kids, how many kids under the age of 18 we got in here? Oh, yeah, a bunch. <laughs> no, yeah.
1: I see some, some of y'all aren't telling the truth. You're older. Hey,
0: guys, you know, you know even, believe it or not, We as adults were at one time younger.
2: (laughs) Once upon a time,
0: gasp! And we know what it's like to be young. But let let me let me give you a little advice. Don't don't seek to build your reputation. What do you What do you want to be known for? I want to be an NFL star. I want to be I want to be the best at this video game. I want to be uh, get a little older. I want a hot girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I want yeah right. All these things that, that we we feel are important and and is part of a reputation for us. Build a legacy, not a reputation. And you can start now as a kid, right where you're at. It starts by simple things like pleasing God. Like, make the choice to do what's right, even when your parents aren't looking. Oh, that's a quiet one. (laughs) Do what you're supposed to. Do what's right, even when your parents aren't watching. And actually, you know, obey your parents. (laughs) That's a good one. Don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Be Be a blessing to others. When people look at you, they say, wow, what a blessing he is. What a blessing she is. Let your light shine so that all those people that God has placed around you every day at school and in your family and in your neighborhood, so that they want that same passion that you've got. It's a legacy and it can be infectious. And you know what? For those of us who are adults, you know, you may feel like things aren't going well in your life you may feel like maybe you've already kind of blown up your children maybe they're grown and gone and things aren't going well for them and you look at your own life and you beat yourself up because you think you know what i haven't i don't feel like i've left a good positive godly legacy but you know what there's always today it's never too late so we start today by making the necessary changes that need to be made and you know what you can be a blessing to your family. You can change that legacy. It will take a long time. It, takes us a long, it doesn't take us real long to ruin things sometimes, but it takes a while to rebuild. But you know what? There's some of us in here that are, that are a little bit older and maybe seniors and whatever else. Man, continue to build a legacy. Don't stop. There are so many young people that need you to invest in their lives. You've seen just a taste of the young people just, that are just in our church. And there's so many more. Be a blessing. Mentor somebody. Get out there and make a difference. You know, there's so many. You know, there. There was at one time I I said something to somebody, and you know, I I love our prayer team and stuff. But there was somebody who was always serving in the in 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 the in the prayer ministry, and I finally said something to him one day. I said, "Man, I feel like you ought to help come and help serve the young people." I said, "There's something that God's placed within you. Don't keep yourself just locked in the in the prayer closet. Don't be in there and make that the only thing you do. God's placed wisdom and things in you. Invest in somebody else." Mentor somebody, teach them the things that God has taught you so that you can pass on that legacy to them. Don't keep it to yourself. Does that make sense? Build a legacy.
1: I just want to encourage our fathers for a moment. You know, we're today's Father's Day, and um, you know, what better way to leave a legacy than to be a great father? I mean, do any of you want to say, I just want to be a horrible father? No. All of you would want to be the best father that you could possibly be. And I just want to tell you, there's a couple things I believe that you can do to do that. And number one is that you have to put God first. And I'm not saying by you saying it with your words, I'm saying your actions display to your wife and to your children that God is first. That your kids know that you have a relationship and that you model that before them of what that looks like. And you teach them how to pray. That you teach them how to do the Word. You know, and even if you're new to the, new in your walk with the Lord, don't let that be an excuse. Well, I don't know enough or I don't know how to do it. Walk and learn with them. You know, let them know that you are passionate about the Father and that He is number one within your life. And then the next thing I'd encourage you to do that is so important is make sure that you cherish your spouse. Make sure that your kids see that this person is important to you, that they are valuable to you, that they are like number one. Because if they know this is together, they know that they, that they're not going to break anything. They need to know that this comes before you and them, that that relationship is important and that you are going to invest on in that. And then the last thing is, Guys, spend time with your kids. Spend time with your family. You know, I know that that desire is in you to work and to provide and to meet their natural needs, which is awesome. And God has placed that there. But they also want your time. They want that face-to-face time. I love that video where it's like, you know, she's just wanting to have a manicure and petty with you to be with you. You know, and so be intentional about spending time with your children and invest within their life.
0: Why don't we take just a moment, and why don't we pray for the, for the Father? If you're a father, why don't you stand up right quick? Hey, Zach, do you like to pray for the fathers? Yeah, Come here. <laughs> let's, let's pray for the fathers right quick.
2: Father, I thank you that you are a father. Yes, God. And that's what you are known to us and what you ask us to know you as. And so, Father, our Father, I ask today that you would please place your hand of blessing upon each dad here. That not only would they be known as dad in their house, but Father, that they would truly choose to become the dad, the father that they need to be to their children. And like Malachi says, that you would put a heart in all of us, each of us that are fathers today, to have a heart back to the children. And that as we take that step toward our children, Father, that their hearts would be brought back to our hearts. And I thank you so much, Father, that because you're a father, you know best, and you can grant us the blessing and the ability to be the dads you've called us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus, I bless every father here. We bless them in Jesus' name and declare that this year will be a year of remembrance. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all say, amen.
1: amen. Amen. And I just want to encourage you fathers, you can do it. Right. Not in your own strength, but put him first and you can do it. Don't ever right. give up and don't ever believe the lie that right. you can't and that you're not enough because that's a lie. You are enough in Christ Jesus and you can be all things to that family that he's placed you over. There's a moment. All right. I was, you know, we're talking about legacy, and we've seen our kids, and we've seen our children, and so I just wanted to honor all of those that served to help make our kids camp and our youth camp possible. You know, we look at those, and as Wendy said, I think we had um, 10 counselors, but I think we had probably about 15 to 18 um, adults total that actually invested into that program. You know, you guys may not realize, some of these counselors actually took off work, some of them had to take vacation time to invest within the house. Is that not a legacy? Is that not something to be remembered for? Not only did some of the counselors come, but when they came, they left a spouse or they left kids at home. They, you know, they sacrificed to be able to serve and do. And then I wanted to look up one other thing because sometimes I think we think, well, you know, I'm not there, so I didn't make a difference. And so I looked up. We had over 31 families that financially invested to help make that happen. And so even if you weren't physically there, you were there. You were part of that experience, you know. And and I couldn't even tell you because I don't even know how many people prayed. You know, we've got that prayer team that prayed and hit, you know. All of those are leaving a legacy, and all of those are making a difference within the lives. And um, we're going to do... Somebody we actually want to honor for a moment. Um, I don't know how many of you guys knew Jenny Moran, but Jenny Moran um, was an incredible young lady who actually passed away Thursday evening. She was um, 33 years old, and she was an active part of Harvest. I think just last Sunday, she was running the computer in the back. And you guys would never know this. For the past five or six family days we've had, she's been the one that has administered Everything back there. She's bought the food. She's set up the stuff. Jenny, unfortunately, has left here, but she's in a much better place right now. And so when Rob and I were talking about, you know, how are we going to let the congregation know for those that haven't seen it on Facebook and different stuff? And I was like, Jenny totally fits into the message that we've prepared because she left a legacy. If you look at the comments on Facebook, she was or ask people she was always serving she always preferred others above herself she always gave of her time she always gave of her money she never ever ever complained or spoke poorly of anybody even if she was done unjustly she would never speak against a person, and never word, a negative word would come out of her mouth. You know, for those of you, you know, I said a while ago about being passionate, you know, Jenny was passionate about feeding the homeless and helping those that are helpless. Um, Jenny was a lover of Christ. Jenny was exactly what we're talking about today, and you know, unfortunately, her life was cut short, but to be 33, she left An amazing legacy. And she was an amazing inspiration to each one of us and to all of our young people. You know, she served within the youth ministry for over six years. um, Good while. And... um, Amazing woman, and so I just real quick wanted to tell you all, and um, we are actually going to be hosting her um, celebration service right here on um, this Tuesday here at the church at 2 p.m. And so, for those of you that knew Jenny, we invite you to come out to that. Um, following that, they're going to have a graveside service and then we're going to have a um, reception right here, and so I we need you guys as family to help participate by being here. But even more so, we even need help with food for that reception. And so, you know, maybe you didn't know her well, but we're church family and she's family and you want to contribute to that. You know, I encourage all of you to see Barbara Um Also, I'll be sending out an email this afternoon of how you can help invest in that. But, you know, let's honor her. Let's continue to lift up her family in prayer and um, just bless them. So. Yep.
0: All right. And lastly, um, we want to honor John and Mandy Flatman. Why don't you guys come up here with us?
1: Once again, as we're talking about a legacy, you guys know that today is um, Pastor John and Mandy's last day here at Harvest serving in the capacity of youth pastors. Um, You know, they have served our youth ministry for four and a half years um, they have served and invested, impact, and inspired the lives of not only our teens, but even their families and other people within the church. You know, John would have to take vacation time to take them to youth camp. Always. Did. Always. You know, that wasn't something that was just given. And um, they always opened up their home. They always taught the Word. They always were discipling. Um, I mean, you can see the fruit of their ministry of what they have done. Um, what they've done and what they've invested. And so we just want to say that we are so proud of you guys. And we thank you so much you for investing in our children, our personal children, yeah. totally. <laughs> you know, they would not be where they are at, you know, if it wasn't for the ministry um, that you guys have placed within them.
0: And God has placed on their heart now to start a church, to plant a church. And, uh, guys, we want to bless that. I, we encourage you guys to be praying because that's, uh, that's, that's not an easy road. And, um, and they need all the prayers they can get. We want to actually, we want to pray for you guys. And I, we wanted to, we've got to be brief. We're going long here. We still have a few baptisms to do. But I wanted a few of the youth who really feel close to Pastor John Amanda. I want y'all to come up here with us right quick and, uh, and to pray with us. So, y'all, y'all come on up here. And, um, and I, we're just going to pray for them. And I, I would, wow, okay.
1: It's all also, of them and that's Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Watch the guitar. Watch the. Yep. Watch that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay. Yes.
1: And I know if we let them pray, church would go for another two hours. Yep. And so um, we can save that for another time. And they've had some of that time with them already. But let's just stretch out our hands towards them and let's just bless them. Father, we thank you so much, Father, for John and for Mandy and for their family. Because, God, we know that it's not just one or two men. It's the whole family right. that ministers together. And so, Father, we thank you for their service. We thank you that they have selflessly given the past four and a half years to churches of harvest right. and to every single student. And, Father, we just decare, declare blessing over their lives in the name of Jesus. Father, we send them out in agreement, believing that you have called them to the pastor of this church, Father. And, God, we just... um. Father, I thank you that you make it easy. And that's a funny thought because church work is hard. But God, that you lay the things in place, Father. That you lay the steps, Father. That you give them vision. That you give them the direction. That you um, give them the support team that they need to fulfill the vision that you have placed on the inside of them. And God, we just pray for all these students. God, I thank you that they know that they're not losing anybody, but that they are gaining and that, that they're doing what Pastor John always taught, which was what, catch and release? <laughs> and so now we're releasing them to go oh, and to right. do that next step, right. that next phase that you've placed within their
0: life. And God, just as these two for many, many years now have faithfully served other people's visions in God, Lord, we do release them. To chase after the vision that you have placed within them. And we speak forth fresh inspiration, fresh creativity in Jesus' name. Lord, that you would help them to see further outside the box than they've ever seen before. They would have ideas that are just crazy, but would reach many, many people for you. God, I thank you that you're that the Holy Spirit, that you lead and guide the way you prepare and you order their steps. And they are never alone. Lord, they will always be family here in Jesus' name. And Lord, we all just, we, 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 with our faith together, Lord, we declare that there are great things coming forth in Jesus' name. Many lives touched and changed. Lives saved, healed, and delivered. Many disciples following Jesus. The good news of the gospel to the ends of the earth. Thank you for faithfulness. And now, because of their faithfulness, I pray, to God, that you would surround them with faithful people as well. Yes. Faithful people that, that would be loyal and would serve the vision that God has given them. And, Lord, we thank you that you always complete the work that has started. And, we, and, and so we're excited to see it begin because we know you're going to do great things. We bless them. We honor them now. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: down.